The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome into the Alana Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Werner, Alana Inquirer publisher here with you. And today on the podcast, we're going to stay away from beef with Michigan, with beef with the Big Ten. We've covered that, and we're going to focus on basketball because postseason basketball is about to begin for Illinois. It has begun in college basketball. The Big Ten tournament is playing its games as I record this. And uh, for once, Illinois is not in the Wednesday night games, and Illinois is one of the headliners of this Big Ten tournament and one of the most interesting teams uh, going into it, not just because of their beef with Michigan or the Big Ten or Iowa or whoever they uh, feel slighted by. Illinois is one of the best teams in the country and likely a number one seed no matter what happens uh, in the Big Ten tournament, but they will play the winner of Indiana and Rutgers on Friday at 5.30 Central Time, and then if they advance past that, they're likely playing Iowa, though Iowa likely will play Wisconsin uh, in the, on Friday night to decide that one. We could have a week where Illinois has Iowa and Michigan in two days, which could be a lot of fun. But I want to focus on basketball today. And today on the podcast, I chat with somebody who has Illinois roots, Illini roots, uh, but also has great roots in college basketball as part of the analytic movement, along with Ken Pomeroy, Nate Silver, some big names in the analytics community. And uh, he worked his way up from not even being in the sports journalism or sports uh, media field and worked his way up to the four-letter network, ESPN. John Gassaway is an Illini alum. He graduated from the University of Illinois, and he does great work at ESPN uh, analyzing college basketball, and he's a huge Illinois basketball fan and just a huge fan of the college game. And today we hit on a lot of different topics. Number one, he's got a book coming out, which is really interesting. So I talked to him about that. I also talked to him about college basketball this season and what the stories outside of Illinois are for college basketball going into the moment where college basketball really has its time in the sun, which is the NCAA tournament. Uh, but we also get into Illinois and we get into why Illinois is really good. What John feels like uh, as an Illini fan watching them be nationally relevant again. And I do get into some stories, by the way, with John uh, being part of the analytic movement in college basketball, what it's like to him uh, to hear Ken Palm analytics be discussed at, at a mainstream level now. And for coaches like Brad Underwood 
to be discussing this and to make huge decisions based on the analytics that they have or others have. So I had a great conversation with John Gossaway. Let's get ready for March Madness. Let's get ready for Illinois' run in the postseason. John Gassaway, ESPN.com, coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into the Illini Choir podcast and happy to have this guest on. Haven't had him on in a while, but uh, an Illinois guy and uh, obviously knows his basketball really, really well. John Gassaway of ESPN.com. John, thanks for joining us. And I have so much uh, I want to get into with you, including uh, your Illini getting back in. I know you're uh, unbiased when you analyze all of this, but I want to dive into what it's like for you to, to watch this team. But uh, first of all, I just want, I want to pub. You have a new book coming out March 16th tell me a little bit about miracles on the hardwood yeah thank you for the book plug i do i got a book coming out uh tuesday in fact called miracles on the hardwood it's a uh, history of catholic college basketball and i guess what i would hasten to add to this uh, orange and blue listening audience is that there's no faucet where i can go and turn it on and i get only you know catholic basketball history when i was learning about this uh it is college basketball history and it starts with naismith and it ends with the tournament last year being canceled and uh, tells everything in between and uh lots of good stuff a lot of uh big 10 history in there and uh, i hope everybody runs right out and gets it on tuesday yeah what drew you to this angle of it john uh, my agent said, how about a book on Catholic college basketball? And my immediate thought was that has to have been done already. And some quick Googling showed otherwise. And uh, hats off to my agent. Uh, it's an excellent idea that was just laying there. Uh, it hasn't been done. Uh, people really identify with that uh, strain of fandom. And there are a lot of uh, great stories to tell 
that have been scattered in uh, different books about this team or this coach, and I, I tried to bring those all together. So it was uh, it was fun, and I, I hope that comes through in in the book itself. Obviously, the Illinois fans is a public university. So what what is unique about the the Catholic? I mean, if you had to, you know, not tell everything in the book, but what is unique to this, you know, Catholic school basketball? You know, it's a it's a different uh, sensibility and a different attitude. I mean, if you wanted to be brutally oversimplistic, you know, you'd say, uh, you know, big public university basketball, you know, you think uh, Bob Knight. Um, Catholic college basketball, you think Bill Raftery, you know, it's a little more, uh, it's a little more cuddly. It's a little, it's got a, a more of a wry sense of humor. And uh, there are flagrant exceptions to that rule. Uh, you know, John Thompson was nothing if not uh, imperious and intimidating in his own uh, inimitable fashion. So it's not a hard and fast uh, set of characteristics by any means. But uh, just a, a sense of perspective, I think, that uh, the Catholic institutions tend to have, and particularly nowadays uh, with their leading lights being, you know, super chill, low-key guys like uh, like Jay Wright and, and Mark Few. Uh, it, it is a, it does have a different feel to it, and they've had a lot of color, colorful characters in their history. Again, that's Miracles on the Hardwood. You can search that at whatever bookseller you'd like. Uh, good, you know, good luck with that book, John. Sounds like a, a really good read. Uh, but you mentioned it uh, a year ago. We were getting ready for a postseason, and it never happened, John. I think it was uh, March 11th, so we're, we're recording this on March 10th, so we're almost at the year anniversary. Uh, as such a big college basketball fan, what was that like for you, and just what do you think the impact uh, on our favorite sport, college basketball, has been? Yeah, it was the strangest experience of my uh, life as a fan, and I'm sure uh, lots of people's. And to me, the seminal moment was at the Big Ten tournament, because if you'll think back, uh, Indiana was playing Nebraska in a, in a game that, that mattered uh, quite significantly for the Hoosiers. They were on the bubble, and I was there, you know, wearing my ES, I mean, not physically there, but watching it on my TV, uh, wearing my ESPN.com hat as the guy who does bubble watch. You know, I had to be completely present for that. And, you know, famously, it was the, the game where Hoiberg was, was stricken, yeah. uh, coach of Nebraska, Fred Hoiberg. And it, it turns out he did not have the coronavirus. We didn't know that in real time. And this was just the first night that all these things were popping. And I found I could not pay attention to the game as a game. I could not pay attention to what was happening to Indiana and their tournament chances. All I was doing was waiting for the ball to be on the same side of the court as Hoiberg. And then I would look and see how he looked. Is anybody touching him? Is, is he touching anybody? And I knew then that basketball couldn't continue, or if it did, I was going to be really bad at my job because I was just so uh, out, of, out of sorts. And, uh, you know, basketball was kind of the furthest thing from my mind. Uh, fast forward now, a year, uh, I am relieved and, and grateful to see how uh, relatively normal things are. I, I don't minimize the struggles that we have all had, and some of us more than others in particular, but uh, we are playing uh, basketball. We are having tournaments, and there is going to be NCAA tournaments, and that's a, a very good thing. So it's yeah. been quite the transformation, no doubt. It's hard not to have that as the story of college basketball, right? It's the story of sports, uh, how COVID has impacted it, what these players and coaches are sacrificing, you know, not having fans to this point, though now we're starting to see some fans in the arenas, including these postseasons. But as for the play, 
John, like, what do you think from your perspective nationally, what is the story of college basketball in 2021? Uh, to me, the story is how good the past teams have turned out to be this year. And I would, uh, immodestly you know group my own alma mater into that group and we'll, we'll get to them in a minute but starting with the usual suspects uh gonzaga and and baylor have been outstanding and of course uh baylor had a, a pause uh due to the issues that we're discussing and they did lose a game coming out of that but um what the what the eyeballs and the numbers are agreeing on and telling us is that these are two of the best teams we've seen uh, come down the pike, uh, maybe since like 2015, when there were a lot of great teams that year, uh, on that same level. And that just makes the, that, that just energizes the Final Four, uh, speaking purely as a spectator for me, when there are truly great teams there colliding against each other you know that's what i want i love the upsets in the early rounds uh that you know lends the ncaa tournament its uh special dynamic appeal i, I don't want to ever do away with that but you know after that dust settles i, I do want to see teams the caliber of gonzaga and baylor i, I want to see them in april <laughs> let's let's settle this on the court that that's that's what we're here for and uh, they've been fantastic otherwise that's what has stood out to me this season yeah, and then you have, after those two, and I would agree, I mean, those two for the whole season have lived up to all the hype, uh, one combined loss for both of them. But then you have three teams right in a row in the Big Ten. I don't think most people are shocked Iowa and Illinois are there, but then there's Michigan as well. Like, how big of a jump is it to that next tier of the, those teams, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, and the such? Right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, um, Iowa had their shot at Gonzaga, and, and that didn't go well. Maybe, uh, maybe the Hawkeyes have have developed. But uh, you're right. Um, certainly, by the kinds of things that I track, uh, Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa are all right together. And I, I do think there's a, a gap from there to the rest of the Big Ten. It's obviously not a large gap. You look at the rest of the Big Ten, and a lot of hands go up in the club of, you know, we beat Illinois, and, and, and you know, they came by those wins, honestly, your, your Ohio States and your Maryland's and whatnot. Um, but just in terms of game in, game out, what, what you would get if, if we could play long enough, uh, those three teams would separate themselves, you know, on neutral floor basketball from the rest of the Big Ten, and they're all... Uh, excellent. They are all, you know, uh, some of the best teams these programs have had uh, in recent history. Obviously, in Illinois, yeah. in Illinois' case, very much the best team for a long time in, in Illinois history. So, uh, a lot to be excited about for Big Ten fans as as we get rolling on into the NCAA. We've been kind of monitoring, uh, John, that the Ken Palm has this is like one of the best. I don't remember if it's number one or number two best conference. Uh, top to bottom, I guess, by his metrics. Like, do you have a any metric or like how would you characterize what this Big Ten is right now? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about uh, conference strength top to bottom, you do need to go to the numbers because as humans, we just don't care enough to actually, you know, sit and break down, okay, how good are Nebraska and Northwestern this year, really? But you know, as a, if you're really talking about conferences, they form a significant portion of the conference and it does matter how good they are. So that's, that's why we're glad that, you know, my friend Ken, he, he's got his laptop on the job and it's saying, yeah, this is, 
one of the one of the best uh, strongest conferences uh, since you know Ken Palm time, roughly 2002, uh, that we've seen top to bottom. And you know, my eyeballs are, are showing me that that same thing. If you look at the top of the conference again, these teams are, are stronger than ever. Uh, but the teams in the middle of the Big Ten are, are perfectly capable of playing their way to the second weekend. Uh, and you know, lastly, I'll add we've we've never seen if what we think is going to happen does happen. Uh, we've never seen a conference with two number one seeds and, and two number two seeds, referring to Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, and Ohio State. So that would be pretty special too. It's it's been a great year for the Big Ten. Before I, I have you put on your analyst hat, John, I want you to put on your alum hat. What has this been like watching this Illinois team? Oh, it, it's just been such. A pleasure. Uh, I had forgotten the feeling that you get when players that you are thoroughly familiar with uh, just gradually attain a new level, and then the fact that they are there becomes crystal clear all of a sudden. That's just such a joy. And I, I'm thinking in particular of Trent Frazier. Uh, I, could, I could pick anybody on the team uh, at random, but but Trent is just uh, so wonderful to watch him in that uh uh, signature win at, at Michigan where uh, Illinois just inflicted its will on the Wolverines. No, there were no fans there, but still it was in Ann Arbor and, uh, you know, Trent was having a great game, uh, just uh, just throwing a, a wrench into all of, you know, Michigan's best laid plans offensively, blowing up their sets. And uh, it's it's fun to see. It's been a long time since I've had that sensation uh, watching Illinois, I am a I am a huge fan of the sport, and I, I love to see it played well. I can I can uh, rave about you know Jalen Suggs uh, all day long, or or Luca Garza, or any other great player. But there is a special part of my heart uh, that's reserved for Illinois, and it's just such a pleasure to see them doing so well. So, how far back does John Gossway's Illini uh, fandom go? Like, who who did you grow up watching, and when did that start? Oh, I go back to Nick Anderson and those guys, man. I, I remember the the shot um, against uh, Indiana that, that Nick hit. Uh, that was a great team. Um, I got into uh, writing uh, because <laughs> I was so thrilled by the 2005 team. I, I had a quote-unquote normal job at that point, but I found myself getting to work really early uh, writing about college basketball and the Big Ten specifically in 2004, 2005. And then that uh, that led me to uh, doing this uh, for real, for a living, and uh, never looked back. So yeah, it's uh, I, uh, to, to the extent that I have anything, which I'm not sure I do, uh, I, what I have, I, I owe to Illinois basketball because my, my love of it propelled me into, uh, you know, watching college basketball as a, as a whole. John, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. What were you in before, and, and how did you kind of get into writing about college hoops? How did you find your, your niche or your kind of path? Um, I was a marketing guy, and I, I, you know, I, I was very much and am very much part of a two-career household. So we were always moving around, always uh, taking on new opportunities, and I, I did that for a, a sustainable design architecture firm, for one, and that was a lot of fun. A lot of great people there uh, for a big international engineering company. And uh, it was at that point that I just started uh, blogging about uh, Big Ten basketball online. And I did that for, for three years. 
And that led uh, to my friend, uh, Ken Pomeroy, who by that time I chatted up online. We were, mm-hmm. we were fast buddies. Uh, he said, hey, uh, I'm getting some feelers to start uh, a basketball offshoot of the Baseball Prospectus uh, website, and I'm going to talk to a, a guy from Prospectus about it. We're doing a conference call. Do you want to hop on? And the guy from Prospectus turned out to be Nate Silver, and uh, <laughs> Ken and I uh, started that website, and uh, I did that for six seasons, and then at that point, uh, ESPN came in and more or less acquired uh, the remaining staff uh, whole. So that was me, that was Kevin Pelton on the NBA side, and a couple other uh, folks, and I've been at ESPN since 2013, so that's that's kind of how that rolled out. So John, what what is it like to be a part of that, I mean, that crew that has really ushered in a new era of how we look at sports, right? I mean, I know the prospectus and it changed baseball. We've had analytics in baseball for a long time, but I, I mean, Brad Underwood cites these numbers and these analytics all the time. Um, what's that been like to kind of be part of, I guess, the ground floor of that? I love it uh, because at the start um, we were, uh, we were shooting arrows <laughs> into the fortress from outside. You know, we we couldn't get a, a hearing from anybody. Uh, I have a vivid memory. Uh, it was 2006. Yeah, yeah. When uh, the West Virginia uh, Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, you know, like like D2, yeah. uh, they used some of our stats. And I remember, you know, Ken and I emailing excitedly to each other. You know, <laughs> this is big time. Um, this is great. And now, uh, I, you know, I can't watch, uh, you know, three seconds of the Big Ten Network without them saying Ken Palm this or Ken Palm that, you know. Uh, it's fantastic. I love it. And I love it purely also as a consumer of this stuff. There's more great content out there for me as a fan of uh, the sport than ever before. Some incredibly, you know, uh, great analysis. Yeah. Uh, being done. Uh, I had the opportunity to teach a class in this stuff for two or three semesters, and the students in there are just so far ahead of, you know, where I was at a similar age, because I didn't have this stuff. You know, I had to I had to cobble it together myself and, and talk to my friend Ken. Uh, it's it's a brave new world, and it's uh, it's been fun to be a part of it and to watch it happen. That's great stuff. Yeah, I think you've made, uh, you guys helped make us all smarter about the game, by the way. So thank you uh, for, for doing, putting in that work early. All right, so wh- what do you think? I mean, not, you watch this team a lot, I know, but uh, and the numbers obviously are good offense and defense for Illinois, but what do you think of this Illinois team? What stands out about them to you? Um, the first thing that stands out to me is that uh, we, we've got to give uh, my man Kofi Coburn his uh, his proper recognition. I know that uh, IO is, is the best TV uh, ever. <laughs> it's, it's very dramatic to watch him win games. But uh, it's also true that uh, Kofi is a is a two point making machine, and uh, getting the ball at the rim and dunking it is a really effective way to score points in basketball. I mean, uh, that goes back to Bill Russell. It works. And uh, if you look at Illinois as a team, one of its strengths on either side of the ball 
is that uh, the Illini are way better at making twos than the rest of the Big Ten. It's extremely important. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out there to Kofi. I mean, he's, he's on the finalist of the Wooden Award, you know. Uh, that, that's pretty elite, but nobody ever talks about the poor guy. No, John, it's, I'm, it's I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. you are. I'm glad you're talking, because I'm actually writing a story about this this week. Okay, great. Um, because, okay, I mean, great. Io deserves all of this. I mean, Andre Curbelo is so much fun. But yeah, so Il- entertaining. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. the last two years, Illinois is twenty nine and eleven in the Big Ten, and I think a huge part of that is Kofi Coburn's presence, right? Like both offensively and then what he does defensively. Brad changed his entire defense for the better because he had a seven foot, two hundred eighty eighty five pound guy who makes an impact at the rim. Like he he our, is he is unbelievably yeah, our- impactful. Our two-point advantage in terms of, you know, the percentage of uh, shots that we uh, try inside the arc that we make and then what opponents do in that same category, our two-point advantage is significant. And that's just a great way to live. Uh, uh, for years and years, I've tended to like those uh, types of teams in, in picking my bracket and uh, imagine how happy I am that Illinois at last is that type of team. It's great. I was going to ask you, John, like, why do you, like, how good or how, it's a single elimination tournament, right? Like, so you never know what can happen. Yeah. Matchups matter. Oh, yeah. But why is this yeah, yeah. team built for a run if, if they make it? Uh, you know, it's, it is that consistency supplied by uh, this style of play uh, that, you know, they're not a particularly, uh, perimeter-oriented team. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Villanova has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can uh, you can devote more than half your shots to threes as as they did in the 2018 tournament and win it. So I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that's not Illinois style. They are not perimeter-oriented, and it does give them uh, the ability to be consistent. Uh, we worry eternally about uh, Kofi getting in foul trouble, but, uh, you know, he actually does better uh, that way than a lot of his, uh, you know, comparable player examples as far as, you know, big guys who make a difference in the paint. So we are getting a lot of effective minutes out of him. Uh, Io really is as great as everybody is saying, uh, just incredibly efficient for the volume of possessions that he uses. And then uh, everybody else is coming along for that ride. You know, everybody has developed uh, during the season, including and especially, you know, Curbelo or even, you know, an old gray, gray beard like, uh, like Trent. So um, it's, it's just a, a good mix to have. And uh, you do have that ability to get a, a different uh, hero every night, even though it does tend to be IO most of the time. So uh, I, I do like their chances. I, I always want to see a bracket first, um, but speaking generically, I do like their chances. What do you think has made Brad Underwood successful? Um, he has been willing to change, and uh, not every coach does that. He did, uh, as you say, uh, change uh, some ideas and change at least one system more or less 180 degrees. Or that's a that's a bad metaphor. It's just like he he turned one in and got a refund and took a completely different one. Um, that can be difficult for coaches to do. The best ones, I think, uh, tend to do that instead of saying this is what we've run uh, forever. Um, I'm always uh, tremendously interested when I'm watching a game 
and you can see uh, a particular offensive set that literally dates from when there was no uh, three-point line. And it's interesting that in 2021, you can still see that. Um, you know, we're, we're almost 40 years out from the introduction. So uh, that's an occupational hazard for the, for the coaching profession. And uh, Coach Underwood has, uh, has said no thank you to that tendency. And uh, we are benefiting from that. Anybody who saw uh, his Oklahoma State team, and anybody who saw that legendary uh, round of 64 game they played against uh, Michigan, which was just shoot them out basketball. <laughs> it was so fun. Anybody who saw that, uh, much less his years at Stephen F. Austin, knew that this guy could coach an offense. And uh, now, now we're getting all of that, uh, all of that goodness. And as an Illinois fan, I love it. It's what uh, Josh Whitman's why he hired him. He saw that game. I think he was there to talk to Archie and some other guys, and he ended up seeing Brad as well and uh, paid off for him. Um, all right, John, Illinois is expected to be a, a number one seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I know you don't do the, the bracketology, but uh, how safe do you think that is? Uh, it feels tremendously safe, and that's unusual uh, to be saying You know, a few days out from uh, Selection Sunday, uh, often that's some of the best drama that we get, you know. And this year, uh, I actually don't know what format they'll use for the selection show uh, this year, but in the past sometimes they just show the the four number one seeds first thing. And sometimes that's kind of suspenseful and a big reveal. Uh, I, I never say never. The, the committee is, is sovereign in these matters and gets to do whatever it wants. Uh, they don't have to follow the mock brackets, but in the past, uh, those mock brackets have, have been a, a pretty trustworthy uh, fake committee, and uh, they are more or less unanimous in saying that Illinois, uh, Michigan, Illinois and Michigan are safe, and obviously uh, Gonzaga yeah. and Baylor are, are safe as well. So, John, I've seen you tweeting about this, and I want to get your opinion on it. Um, you've kind of said, hey, we should throw out this you know, way that we do brackets or we project brackets. Like We should actually have it in real time, uh, kind of like we've had, I guess, the BCS system was like this back in the day. Um, what, is, what is your proposal there? Well, what the committee gathers to do is they want to uh, – how would – you know, let's let's take an actual bubble team. How, how would Syracuse, how would they have done if they had played the schedule that uh, fellow bubble team Xavier had? You know, what would that record look like? Well, we've got ways where we can measure that extremely well, um, thanks to all thanks to the last uh, 15 years that you, you referenced earlier in the conversation. So there are different you know, metrics out there. My own employer has one called Strength of Record. There's also a very good one called Wins Above Bubble. And if we really wanted to move on this, it would be perfectly fine for the NCAA to turn to its corporate partner, Google, and say, you know, you cook up one of those for us and give it whatever name they want. But then uh, you've got the results at the end of the day Every day, uh, we're saying who the number one seeds are in real time today. We're saying who's in the field, who's out of the field. And uh, I, I, I really like and admire and esteem the folks at NCAA. They're, they're great at what they do. They love the sport. And I, I couldn't help feeling, you know, when my, my good friend David Warlock tweeted out the traditional picture of the committee, you know, gathering to do their work. It just looks so archaic. <laughs> and in my experience... 
with, you know, getting back to the students that I was talking about, uh, they find it, you know, odd and even somewhat humorous that we're still doing it this way in 2021 when we don't need to. Uh, we did need to do it when we started the NCAA tournament in 1939. Uh, we don't do need to do it this way anymore. We can, we can have the bracket every night. It would be uh, as suspenseful as a pennant race. It would be great theater, you know. Oh, my gosh, Maryland lost at home you know, to Penn State, uh, we know, you know exactly what that did. My gosh, that one game, they fell from a 10 seed to the second to last team in the field. And you would know it at the final horn. It would be fantastic. And uh, I honestly believe that is coming. Um, researching the book that you mentioned yeah. uh, gave me a thorough ground, grounding in the story of how we got here. And the NCAA always makes the right decision eventually. <laughs> Just takes a while to get there. And I, I firmly believe this is the, the next thing in that vein that we'll be doing. Yeah, and just, just for reference for people who are listening, uh, the SOR currently has Gonzaga 1, Baylor 2, Michigan 3, Illinois 4, Alabama, Iowa, Arkansas, and Ohio State uh, is the two seed. So um, it's, it's, it seems like that. I just It takes away a TV show, John. Uh, a big money TV show. Oh no, 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 no! I've got ideas for the TV show. No, we can we can let uh, we can let the teams uh, once we've once we let the metric uh, say which teams will be in, then we can let the uh, coaches or athletic directors or whoever uh, choose their 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 slots in the bracket. It'd, it'd be a bracket draft. And, oh. Yeah, why is uh, why is you know let's say your your Texas uh, and let's say there's not a pandemic you know let's say it's a, a normal tournament. Yeah. Uh, does Texas does Texas want to uh, stay close to home and, and be a four seed in the region with with Baylor, or do they think they have a better shot against Michigan if they went out to the West? You know. Oh, that's why good, is John. NCAA, why is that's the NCAA good. making that decision? Make Shaka smart decide and make him do it live on TV and on the clock, like the NBA draft. It would be great TV. You sold me there. Like, yeah, I mean, Gonzaga would have the one pick, right? And then you go Baylor, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, just, just, just like the NBA draft. And, you know, whatever decision uh, the teams made, you know, they would be booed. Uh, you could have... You could have like David Warlock announcing these choices live at Henkel Fieldhouse, you know, <laughs> and whatever the choice was, the fans of that team would boom. No, that's stupid, you know, because that's what you do at a draft. Yeah. Uh, it would be way better than a selection show where at root they're just reading a, a printout that's been handed to them. Uh, it would also be longer and they could yes. sell more ads. So uh, no, I think me. we should do that. Sold me, John. Uh, don't need. You got any Great. other ideas uh, that we can do here? Because those are fantastic. Oh well, I you know I, I'm a I'm a art, uh, an uh, eager advocate of ideas that other people have had. So the bracket draft, uh, full credit there goes to Jordan Brenner and and Andy Glockner, and uh, gosh, winds above bubble and, and strength. Those have been around for a while too, but uh, I love them and I'll uh, I'll sell them to anybody who will listen. Well, hopefully uh, we got some people sold on that. That sounds awesome. Uh, well, John Gassaway, ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter. Also, his new book, Miracles on the Hardwood, coming out March 16th, just in time uh, for the NCAA tournament. John, thank you for joining us, uh, and have fun watching your Illini in the postseason, uh, the NCAA tournament, for the first time in a long time, man. Definitely. ILL. Thanks for having me. Great stuff with John Gassaway, ESPN.com. Again, go check out his book, Miracles on the Hardwood. 
the subtitle, The Hope and a Prayer, Story of a Winning Tradition in Catholic College Basketball. Hope you enjoyed the insight from John, the analytic side of it. And that's a heck of an idea, isn't it, uh, for the NCAA tournament and how we select our brackets. Uh, I would sign up for a draft. <laughs> I love any kind of draft. Uh, and it would just add a little bit more to it. Can you imagine, like, Iowa, uh, if they had the top two seed, would they choose to be in the same one with Illinois? Say if they had lost three or four in a row to Illinois, that'd be that'd be interesting uh, to, to see that go through, and um, you know to have the daily updates of knowing exactly where you are certainly would uh, have a lot of drama, and then to have the draft at the end of it would be fantastic. I think we'd probably be far away from that, but John seems optimistic that uh, at some point it will change. Also, great stuff from him uh, on just what college basketball is right now. And, you know, Gonzaga got a scare from BYU last night, but I think everyone who's watched them knows they're really good. It's not just a a good mid-major team. Uh, Jalen Suggs is is an NBA top five pick, likely. Corey Kispert's a lottery pick. Drew Timmy's a heck of a college basketball player. Uh, They're loaded. They're loaded. They're they're really turned into a blue blood in college basketball, which is nuts because all the blue bloods aren't nearly as good as them right now. And Baylor, um, they came back from COVID, looked a little shaky, but they look... They look really good yet again, and then you got all those Big Ten teams. So I think the top is really good. I think the top of the college basketball is really, really good. But I think the middle uh, could create a lot of upsets and a lot of drama. Great stuff from John Gassaway. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts, and check out the latest on IlanaInquirer.com. I was glad John weighed in on Kofi Coburn because I do have a story, kind of a don't-forget-about-me story because Kofi Coburn has made a huge impact on Illinois. And Io deservedly gets a lot of credit. Uh, but Kofi, the Illini basketball team kind of revolves around him uh, on the court. So uh, I'll have a story on that as well. Derek Piper will have a story about Illinois embellishing sometimes, uh, you know, this chip on their shoulder, taking slights, uh, kind of doing the MJ Kobe thing and, and letting it motivate them. And they certainly seem motivated going to the big 10 tournament. Um, they feel slighted, even though the number three team in the country, uh, and a likely number one overall seed, they, they like being the underdog. I think they really, really like being the underdog and feeling like they have something to prove. So it works for them. It certainly has worked for them for the past uh, month and a half or so. All right, so check out all of that at IlanaInquirer.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.